the very roots of eating, of negativity and singularity, including the ultimate form of singularity, which is This is the typical violence of information. It's violent because what happens there is a murder of the real, the vanishing point of reality. Let's not have a misunderstanding. Welcome to Machinic Unconscious Happy Hour with Cooper Cherry. Um, before I introduce today's guest, just want to beg you guys to uh, become patrons of the show. I'm just a lowly uh, customer service rep trying to make ends meet in this world, in this ever, let's see, what is it? It's gentrifying here in Austin. Absolutely is. Significantly. So, um, Real quick. <laughs> so if you, if you don't mind, if you uh, want to support the show, I'd appreciate it. Don't, don't feel, you know, don't feel too much peer pressure, but hey, th- throw me a dollar a month if if you feel so inclined and you can find me on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash M U H H that stands for machinic unconscious happy hour. But I'm very happy to have a returning guest. We've got Bo from psychic dolphin garage. Howdy, howdy. And, uh, this is like Bo's second time on the show, but Bo, before we jump into the meat of this, of this podcast, for the second time today. <laughs> yeah, we a little bit of background. We had a, God, what was that? Probably like a good like 20, 30 minutes. Oh, no, it was probably long. I just, may have been an hour. Okay. Well, you know what? Nah, sometimes, an sometimes, hour maybe is sometimes the good. best podcasts you have are the podcasts you have. Just chatting with a friend. Just not even fucking recording it. That's right. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is round two. Uh, <laughs> round two in terms of re-recording this and round two in terms of having me on the show. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's, uh, good so it's, it's good to be back. Um Psychic Dolphin Garage, for a little bit of context, is, the, well, the sanitized way to say it is it is a current news, politics, uh, culture review kind of show. It's basically me and a couple other jackasses with microphones getting together and making common fart jokes for, uh, you know, a good hour 20. So it's it's definitely worth a listen. Um, so I'm kind of, actually, you know, what's funny too is I think that the, because I just renamed the show maybe two weeks ago. Is I probably unconsciously took a little inspiration from Psychic Dolphin Garage from Machinic Unconscious Happy Hour, <laughs> right? Like, there's a similar vibe in mm-hmm. those. Like, the style perhaps is like it's coming from the same place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The same uh, purple monkey dishwasher as I <laughs> as I cited in the first time around. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you though too because. I had listened to a podcast this week. It was my friends Chris and Dave at Mandatory OT had uh, Zach and Kelton on. And I was like gearing up to listen to it. I'm like, All right, hell yeah, I'm going to have Bo on this week. So, <laughs> But sadly, no Bo. No Bo. No Bo no on, no on the show. No Bo on the show. See, this is why. Okay, this is way better than the first time exactly. around. We get, we get all this shit. We're warmed up. Yeah, uh, exactly. We had a good, good warm up. We're and good, and, <laughs> good and lubricated. Good, and, good and wet. We got a solid moisture going on right now. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I, I was not on that one. I think just due to schedules not lining up. I don't remember. Um, but I was, however, on Future Left uh, recently, which nice. uh, definitely recommend. Give that a listen. It was, it was a uh, represent. Uh, I, I, I'm a total jackass and forget their exact roles, but 
a uh, North Texas DSA representative, a uh, Austin DSA representative, and then me, some asshole with a microphone. So it's uh, it's great. Yeah. Very nice. Nice to you know you got you have to have a diverse. You know, oh body yeah. of, <laughs> you have to have people th- thought who coming are actually out in the world doing you know stuff and then a guy who's incredibly online to balance it yeah, out yeah of course uh you know what i mean all what is it what are they called they're like uh i forget what the word for it is constituencies yes must yeah, be represented i have to represent i i'm here on behalf of the incredibly online faction uh i show up in one of those ahigao hoodies uh no pants <laughs> and then socks and sandals that's uh, that's the the costume, the cultural costume of the incredibly online. But I think the the bulk of what we're going to talk about in this episode will be centered upon this article that Zizek wrote about the coronavirus for RT. But before we jump into all that, I've been having this bit that I've been thinking about a lot, and I thought it'd be funny to get Bo's take on it. And this was related to the Sasha Baron. Cohen character Ali G. The Ali G show, yo. I'm not. And, that was a half-assed attempt at a at an impression. That was not great. So my idea, and if people aren't familiar, it's basically Ali G was this like hip hop guy, and he would wear like the Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. I think Wu Wear is the name of the clothing label, and he would do these interviews like with like legit people. But it would be, you know, he's playing this character of Ali G. That's kind of like. <laughs> just like from the streets or whatever. And yeah. so I had this idea of like, what if what if he interviewed Deleuze or someone like that? Like just <laughs> hypothetically, right? And he's like, what is a body without organs? Is you like, do you want to be a mortician, mate? Or what, so what like, is it? <laughs> where do you keep your poop in it? You know? <laughs> like a, a body without organs? Or you, is it like an eating disorder or something? <laughs> God, yours is really good. I got to say. I've got to do, uh, you know, if... I'm pretty good at impressions if I can listen if I listen to it recently. Yeah, see that's the thing. I I have dial not in on it. Listen to Ollie G and well enough time that I don't remember. But yep. um, I'll, I'll, uh, all I can imagine is a whole like thirty minutes of him rhyming rhizome with other shit oh, and just doing too. a really bad job of it, or like repeating the de- explaining delos to me shit copy pasta. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> listen, don't 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 dumb it down, mate. <laughs> Give it to me. Um, but did you, you said you had not really fucked with the Ali G at least? Just, just a little bit on, just like, you've seen it on YouTube clips. I, I, I'm familiar with Sasha, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's work more broadly. Um, like, of course, I guess Borat. Borat, and, Borat Voice My Wife right. is, 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 is a touchstone for, for anyone, really. Uh, <laughs> and then Bruno, which right. I rewatched recently. I, I remember not liking it uh, when it came out, and it doesn't, it's just as mediocre. Um, then he had that TV show recently that came out that, uh, yeah. Who is America? I think who is America? Yeah. Uh, and it was, eh, it was okay. So kind of a similar, similar premise, yeah. kind of a similar vibe really to be on. I mean, all, I think ultimately the whole, the unique threat or the, what brings them all together is that kind of this bizarro character mixed in mm-hmm. with like people who are like legit people and think this is like a, a serious interview. Yeah. Um, actually I do remember. So, on the Ali G show, there would be different segments. So Ali G would be like the first segment, and then he'd do a segment as Bruno, and then mm-hmm. he'd do one as as like Borat or somebody. Yeah, or some exactly. Other character. Yeah. yeah, pretty. Yeah, and I still remember there was one where he's talking to I think it's like an Alabama 
football player, one of those like <laughs> oh, SEC yeah. football schools as as Bruno. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh, already man. imagine that yes. does not go well. Oh, yeah. like the homophobia was mm-hmm. was pretty rampant. It, yeah. it was pretty amusing. Yeah, no, he he definitely has a neck. I, I I think that's where uh he's at his best is where he's making people who are uncomfortable with him uncomfortable for very shitty reasons. Like that's just that's fucking aces. Like in Borat when he goes to the uh the schmancy fucking dinner and like hands the hostess yes. like a, a turd in his hands like where did i put this uh it's it's <laughs> fucking so good he had a couple of the ones that really stand out for me one is he talks to newt gingrich and he's mm-hmm. like yo i is here with none of the main man newt gingrich and he's like <laughs> him was the speaker of the house of representatives blah 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 and he's talking to newt gingrich about do you think there will ever be a woman president and newt gingrich is like Oh, well, I think absolutely there's a number of women, blah, 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 that could be president and so forth. And he's like, well, don't you think that, like, it could be dangerous? Like, what if she falls in love with Saddam Hussein? (laughs) Because, you know, women love bastards. (laughs) And he's like, uh, what does he say? He's like, he could be doing, like, bad things to the U.S. and it would just make her more horny. (laughs) (laughs) So there's, there's that one that I remember that was really good. He has another one where he was like... Or maybe I'm conflating this with Borat, where he like has fucking Ron Paul in a room, and like I think the Borat or no, the Ron Paul one was maybe that was Borat, yeah, or maybe that was Bruno, yeah, that was Bruno, yeah, okay. yeah, because that, so that came out around like 2008 it. or so, I think. So yeah. that, that sounds right. That'd be the perfect time to have Ron Paul in. That's in his Q zone, right there. Is all I'm saying. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other really funny ones that I remember off the top of my head is he's got this D- DEA agent and they've got a whole like table full of drugs or whatever. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like that's that's Moroccan black. I can, <laughs> and he's like, so what? How much would this cost on the street? And he's like, oh, you know, $80. Bob. He's like, no, my friend can get you that much cheaper. <laughs> such a good bit. Yeah. yeah, it's so perfect. Yep. I'll have to throw that up in the show notes. Ugh. God, just throw, throw up a whole like a link to like an Ali G show box set. <laughs> like like just yeah. just buy it. Just watch the whole fucking thing. I'll have to double check and see if that shit's on uh like HBO now or something. It probably is, yeah. Every everything is of, somewhere and they will charge you fifteen dollars yeah. a month for it. If nothing else, I can definitely find it on YouTube and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. But uh you know, uh, aside from this, I'm I'm feeling a little bit perturbed with capitalism. To be quite honest, yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a stinker in my book, that's for sure. Wouldn't mind uh, getting a hold of a capitalism man- manager, uh, perhaps. <laughs> can I speak to the manager? goddammit? it! Yeah, no, put me through. Yeah, can I? Yeah, you're not helping. Can I please speak to your manager, please? Get a uh, get capitalism. Leave capitalism a bad Yelp review. You know, a one yeah, star. Which exactly. Like, the food here is terrible. Right. Yeah. Voting with my dollars, of course. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Very effective. Very effective for us. Hey, there was there was a good portion of this week where I was just like, "Fuck it, I should just go out and live in the woods." And uh, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I've thought about ah, oh, but here's the thing: it's like people think that fucking you know this idea of like subsistence farming and oh yeah, whatever. That shit is fucking hard work. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you would be working. It's actually if you probably looked at the dynamics of the amount of labor you'd have to put forth within capitalism to just be part of this like massive algorithm Mm -hmm. and whatever like you know division of labor is probably even as shitty as it is less 
ultimately then you would if you tried to reproduce if you everything tried to go out and do fucking minecraft on your own basically, i mean you pro- yeah. you, you could do it right but you'd be working like fucking 12 13 14 hour days and yeah. then like who knows yeah like that shit there's a lot that goes into it absolutely yeah i mean that's that's the thing about having a civilization is you can split up into a division right. of labor and not everybody has to be doing everything all the time but um anyways back- we do live in a society <laughs> turns out society's real whoa damn fuck but uh what's your take so far just like what's your kind of initial what's what's your vibe towards the coronavirus my friend so i am uh <laughs> Uh, the first time around, I, I said horny. Uh, I, <laughs> Which I, was a fantastic response. Thank you, you. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you remembered that. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> Why do you think I do podcasts other than just listen to myself talk? Uh, no. Um, I, I would say, like, yeah, it's, it's very interesting in terms of it's, it simultaneously seems more real and less real than previous uh, global epigam- ep- ep- epidemics. That's a word. And uh, it's it's just always cool to see how these kind of things play out. Absolutely. So my take, and this is, I've been loath. I've been holding back from posting this for some like superstitious reasons. I don't know, some kind of Murphy's Law or like what's what's the other like fucking the boy who cried wolf? No, that's not. Yeah, that's no. Not I, it. What's the fucking what, thing what, that I'm thinking? At? Yeah, it's like where you knock on wood, kind of vibe. So like you're saying, like if you do post about it, it's going to like yeah. Then I will you like in some way no, or then I will like. So I have this idea that I'm like Wolverine. I'm immortal. I never get sick. I never get injured. If I do get hurt, like I have oh, this. Oh yeah, yeah. Rapid. <laughs> I mean, basically, I'm trying to say that I'm immortal. Obviously, yeah. I age, but uh, I age very slowly, and so I've been loath to like come out and and post about my immortality for fear that <laughs> at that yeah. point I will invite in yeah then the, then the you receive the coronavirus somebody exactly. flies directly from Wuhan into into Austin sneezes on you and boom well, holds me down and makes me eat <laughs> spits in soup. your mouth spits in my mouth Sn- or I, like they do snot they make oh me god eat they their do the, yeah they do the like uh, hanging snot thing yes, it's exactly. like don't move it's gonna drop oh um, god that's disgusting yep yeah god middle or school was fun in my mouth yeah yeah I would pay good money for some some somebody to do that to me these days, but back in then, uh, no, um, yeah, no, I, I I know what you mean because I I think like probably like the beginning of this year I was the sickest I've probably ever been in my life, um, which is you know a very sheltered lucky thing to say, but uh, I was just and not just sick. I'm worried. You're sick mentally, right? Sick. You're sick mentally. Also, that is always ongoing. Yeah, but physically, physically I was like fucking miserable and snotty and itchy throat etc etc barely functioning uh but still going to work and all that all the time and it's like shit if i can tough out if if that is what coronavirus ends up being i welcome it with open arms (laughs) because it's just an excuse to do less work something else that and you know you probably saw this tweet as well it was like the cdc had tweeted out something about do you have facial hair And these are like the coronavirus approved facial hair shapes Mm -hmm. and and so forth that you can have. And uh, I'm pretty much going against that. I'm (laughs) going to continue to have my like Kropotkin-esque beard (laughs) because really I want to be a tremendous, uh, I want it to be a tremendous disease vector so that I can eliminate (laughs) 
the competition around me. Yeah, I just carry around like a full, a full just uh, got, biological there's spectrum. There's all yeah. kinds of, like if you did one of those, like if you take a black light to my beard. <laughs> it looks like one of those God wizard knows posters what, from, uh, you get in like yeah. a head shop, yeah. God knows what kind of little fucking <laughs> biome is occurring there. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm I'm working on. I'm hoping to eliminate most of the people that interact with me on a daily basis. There you go. So that I can, <laughs> you know, take their stuff. Yeah. Like a good communist would. Yeah, absolutely. Their toothbrushes in particular. Well, that's the thing. If you're if you've already exposed their toothbrush to the virus, that's <laughs> yours. That's how the, it, it's the I lick it it's mine rule. That's right. You know. There you go. But uh moving on to the more uh, serious topic, we're going to discuss this article from Slavoj Žižek, our our favorite, he's Alban. Was he Albanian or is, uh, no? Slovenian. He's Slovenian. Yeah, favorite Slovenian boy, uh, Žižek, and the yes. title is, and this is a long one. I don't know that I don't know if Žižek really went to journalism school and learned the kind of write tight with your headline, which is why he's so great at it. <laughs> Coronavirus is a Kill Bill esque blow to capitalism and could lead to reinvention of communism. Yeah. He's, as we noted previously, he's he's really hitting all the different check marks there in terms of clickbait. It's like you got the virus, you got the movie reference, you yeah. got the red baiting, you got the uh, yeah. You know, we're hitting all our different constituencies, as I mentioned. We've got our Tarantino absolutely. fans, we've got our fucking conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. going, we've got our commies, and then I don't know reinvention. I don't know. We got fucking inventors. We've got <laughs> yeah. We've, we've, we've got Elon people, Musk. We've got people who list thought leader in their LinkedIn yeah. bio. Yeah, we're hitting all the constituencies. <laughs> so I do want to start out. I mean, I guess number one, kind of a clickbaity title. To be to be quite honest. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you if you've never seen Kill Bill, it's like. Yeah, I mean, you could subtract that from the. Uh, you could just say coronavirus is a blow to capitalism and could lead to reinvention right. of communism. But you know, it's it's Zizek, so you got to get a fucking movie reference in there, of course. So I want to read uh, directly from the article itself. Uh, this is, I think, one of the opening sentences, maybe even the opening sentence. The ongoing spread of the coronavirus epidemic has triggered vast epidemics of ideological viruses, which were laying dormant in our societies. Fake news. Paranoic conspiracy theories and explosions of racism, and I said paranoic this time without <laughs> fucking it up. That's why we warmed up. That's why yeah, exactly. We, yeah, exactly. Hell yeah! <laughs> My tongue is like sufficiently limber to pronounce that word. No, you did fine with the rest of it the first time too, and just that one word was like, fuck this word. Um, but yeah, I, I, as we said the first time around, I think that this is a little bit. I mean, this is not really the inflection it, point for fake news conspiracy theories mm-hmm. or explosions it's, it's, it's of racism it's giving coronavirus a, a bit too much credit yeah. like like yes in a lot of ways it has um resulted in fake news paranoia conspiracy theories explosions of racism related were, to coronavirus right. but now. those were all those currents those were already there already, absolutely we've been dealing with it yeah like you know fucking my my uh my mother has been a QAnon person for like three Are years you now. Oh really? yeah. Oh yeah. Holy she's holy and shit. It, funny enough. She's like so- softened on it. And something we've been able to kind of like bond over was the Epstein thing, because <laughs> because the world makes no fucking sense anymore. And that's the thing Jesus you bond Christ. bond with your parents over. Yeah, is um, weird memes like that's yeah. so weird the way that memes feel. Yeah, filtered through our society. Well, I, I just pointed out to her, hey, hello, mother. You realize these are all capitalists, right? <laughs> like all these rich fucks that are uh, the pedophile elite or whatever. It's anyway. 
but yeah, um, and there have been these these things in relation to coronavirus, but not yeah. This as is you not said, the start. These this are is, not new. Yeah, this may accelerate these tendencies that have already been laying not dormant, but these. I mean, this. I think we talked about this in the first attempt at this recording that these are issues that stem back to the real the real end of history, which was 2014 with Gamergate. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm insisting the real end of history was <laughs> when American Idol went off the air for the first time. It changed everything. Well, well history really, will validate me. Yes. What's funny is I didn't even know that it went off the I air. I couldn't put a date to that. I, it, I might it be really? wrong. I don't think it I ever. No I think it's been going since like 2001. I'm totally making shit up. Um, but yes. Uh, I think it's been uninterrupted for like 19, 20 years. Um, then some other show maybe. Saved by the Bell. I don't know. <laughs> When that went off the air, that was the end of history. <laughs> why no? You know, that's an interesting thing. Is like this why no? To me in a dream. Why no? Saved from the Saved by the Bell um, reboot. That's like the only intellectual property that has not been remined and like repackaged with like sexy. I feel like they must be. It's right? got to be like can't like can't like Screech this time would be transgendered and like Slater would be a fucking MRA dude and like. <laughs> Zach Morris. What would Zach Morris be? Oh, fuck. Have you seen these? There was like these ar- all these articles well. about Zach Morris being kind of like a scumbag. Yeah. In retrospect, Zach Morris is just Zach. <laughs> He's like He's the, the capitalist. Yeah, of, yeah. In a sense, like reifying. The, like every other episode is like, hey guys, I invented an app that like lets you order lunch for three times as expensive. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it, anyhow, I wanted to. I'll continue to read an, another passage that I thought was somewhat. Uh, I couldn't quite agree with with uh, Zizek here again, hmm. but I'll read. Speculation is often heard today that the coronavirus may lead to the fall of communist rule in China, in the same way that, as Gorbachev himself admitted, the Chernobyl catastrophe was the event which triggered the end of the Soviet communism. But there is a paradox here. The coronavirus will also compel us to reinvent communism based on trust in the people and in science. I mean, I think he's just being way too fucking optimistic here, yeah, frankly. Agreed. <laughs> like <laughs> For one, I don't think that this is going to have... If anything, this strengthens the communist party in China. Absolutely it does, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, as much as I'm sure it's propaganda is coming out of it, uh, the fact that it hasn't become a bigger issue than it is, I think, you know, is, is is pretty impressive. The fucking three hospitals they popped up like around Wuhan, like right as it fucking began to uh, emerge. If unless I'm totally talking out of my ass and have been lied to by the communist state, um, that seems pretty fucking cool. I gotta say, uh, yeah. When basically what I'm getting at here is that when you produce things and uh, do things in order to uh, meet a goal rather than to create a commodity. It's pretty fucking rad. Yeah, because you don't have, so there's very much like an an efficiency aspect of like, Z Z is like, yo, do this and it happens versus Trump is like, I've got Mike Pence. He's known for his... And we're going to bring in some independent contractors. They've got great healthcare in Indiana. Uh, Mike was very instrumental in doing this. And so I'm going to allow Mike Pence to speak a few words right now. <laughs> uh, Mike Pence uh, will try to figure out how to use con- um, conversion therapy to heal people with coronavirus. 
That's the plan that God. we're operating under. Yeah, that. Uh, oof, I, I cannot think of a better person to be overseeing a, a fucking disease outbreak in the country than the guy who let HIV run rampant in Indiana. Like, yeah, it's, Jesus, it's good. It's, it's good. Uh, good normal country we're in. Yeah. Um, the the other part here that I wanted to draw attention to was that this will compel us to reinvent communism based on trust in people and in science. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what I think is too optimistic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I mean, if anything, faith in science is at an all time <laughs> low amongst a it's lot of people. not strong in this country, at least. I mean, you know, it's, it's maybe not strong in a less obviously dumb way than it was, you know, 10 years ago with the prominence of the evangelical right. But I mean, they're still around. And just more generally, too. I mean, that the, is the Trump base, strangely, yeah. which is so bizarre. It's it's never made sense. It's not ever going to make sense. Well, it's well, it's because their their real religion is not any form of Christianity. Their religion is is white supremacy. So it's yeah, you know, a perfect fit for Trump to be their guy. It definitely is some kind of psycho and analytic way of like Lacanian analysis of looking at this and figuring out like it's a libidinal kind of thing about. Mm-hmm. Um, owning libs is like the most important. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, that's that's the thing too for the non-religious portion of of Trump's support. They, they they could give a shit about whoever's up there as long as he's making those those dumb libtards cry and scream yeah, and whatever. Like there's that. It's like hell yeah, brother. Like that's that's my guy. You know. They're drawing that jouissance from the what is it? The Schadenfreude. Yeah, the schadenfreude of, of seeing, yeah, exactly, because they think, they, they conflate legitimate responses and emotional responses to uh, to Donald Trump with neoliberalism when the two are kind of just entirely separate things and just happen to have the same labels on them in the Trump basis heads, yeah. Well, yeah. Because nobody's a fan of neoliberalism other than the fucking people running it, but, uh, you know, I'd imagine your average, uh, you know, big Trumper person doesn't really have the fucking uh, mental toolbox, so to speak, to kind of conceptualize that. And so, so far, Zizek is he, he's or Zizek is over two here. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> move on to his. I love I love my man's, but you know he's yeah our Slovenian boy. Yep. Um, next quote: My modest opinion is much more radical. The coronavirus epidemic is a kind of five-point palm-exploding heart technique on the global capitalist system, a signal that we cannot go on the way we were up until now, that a radical change is needed. And again, like, we've been getting signals, man. Like, for, as we were saying a second ago about, okay, what what was the the fukuyamaist like mythical end of history and obviously there is no end of history that's a fucking ridiculous uh premise um historically speaking so i don't see why this specifically would be the big inflection point where it's okay capitalism is no longer working right yeah i mean it remains to be seen because we talked about this a little bit obviously and i would love to be proven wrong yeah so it's like is the coronavirus the catalyst for the stock exchange um shitting this, the bed yeah, yeah exactly or is this or they're underlying i feel like absolutely like the answer feels very uh clear that there are underlying issues with 
capitalism stemming back to 2008 and just this kind of like quantitative easing mm-hmm. and kind of like funny money just like I mean, artificial yeah, it's all a shell game yeah. yeah yeah exactly just kind of like pumping up like it's all artificial there's no real value in the stock market and of course that doesn't really trickle down to like the working class mm-hmm. it's just to maintain like the system because nobody it's like shuffling chairs on the titanic it's like nobody knows what to do except re reinflate the same bubble that yeah. caused the crisis if the number if the numbers are not continuing to go up we have a problem we need to do something to make the numbers keep going up because yeah. that that is the indicator of of production and uh and human wellness and all that yeah rather than like okay let's fundamentally re-examine the the incentive structures the the like baseline mm-hmm. kind of assumptions that our entire economy and world and society are based on no let's like keep doing the same fucking thing yeah. over and over again i mean there, there's it's it's always really funny to me when countries are measured like their worth is measured by gdp because it's like man that is a or even gdp by capita because like okay just like the total like economic output in u.s dollars like that's the fucking arbitrary thing we're attacking this to like fuck me that sucks <laughs> right yeah quality of life uh what's that like, yeah yeah and, and there's there's an assumption and a I guess reasonable enough assumption that they would be correlated. I understand that, but also that's a big fucking assumption. Um, if you uh, if you really fucking take the time to dissect it, so it's a tremendous assumption because what do we have is like we have we're very productive of a bunch of shit that we don't need and doesn't make our lives fundamentally better, but it makes again like the I, numbers. I on a, opened with a huge IPO recently, so my life is fucking great. It's like numbers on a spreadsheet. I mean, I'm probably never going to be able to retire. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, but, I'm uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my retirement plan right now is just walking into a river and letting it take <laughs> me. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, fucking, yeah, some new company opened up to where you can, you know, rent other people's dogs or something. So there you go. My hope is that either there will be, I like, my best hope, I think, for the future is a quick death. And so yeah. I'm really hoping that there will be. Uh, maybe suicide booths or something like that in the future. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I, the drop a quarter in, do the I just, uh, string trick to pull I, it out. Yep. I just want it to be quick. I don't want to like be fucking left in the woods with a broken leg or broken legs for like or, two or weeks and like just like start slowly post-apocalypse, uh, post-apocalypse like well time to just forage for water for 20 years until my you know until i get too old to do that anymore no it's like yeah. even even then it's like you fucking drink water that you think you like you're so thirsty you drink some stream and then you get fucking giardia and then that's you a just fun way to go. shit yourself yeah. to death <laughs> so but it, anyhow um moving forward there's another quote here. We have a, <laughs> a direct quote from Zizek. Sad fact, we need a catastrophe, <laughs> which Zizek very, is taking a, a play out of uh, the Ozymandias playbook for, you know, the giant squid kind of vibe from, yeah, from Watchmen. From Watchmen. Yeah. We need some kind of external um, existential threat to bring humanity together. and Which we have. I coronavirus... Mean represents a man is a manifestation of this mm-hmm. it'd be how, how funny would it be what if coronavirus resembled a a squid that oh, would be God, really be poetic amazing. right yeah and it'd be lost on all the people yeah you know at the levers of power but we'd think it's cool yeah <laughs> so i mean i think the is not the catastrophe already 
very apparent. I think with mm. climate change in particular, I mean, I've lived in Texas all of my life and it feels like the weather patterns since really over the last probably like, I don't know, probably 10 years have been so erratic mm-hmm. and crazy. Yeah. And the the summers are, I mean, I wouldn't even say that much hotter, but they're hotter longer is, is the noticeable thing. Uh, drought is definitely more of an issue than, than it has been in the past. Uh, you know, and those things they're, they're, they're slow enough that they don't seem like immediate catastrophes. And that's, that's how they fucking get you. It's a, it's a, it's a frog boiling in a pot, you know? I remember having a kind of fascination when I was a kid that like, if the temp, when it, I don't know, it was kind of like an event when the temperature yeah. exceeded a hundred degrees, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, Oh shit. That's, that's, it was kind of cool. Yeah. When you're a kid, like you're 10 years old, like. That's like, well, it's a big number. Kind of, yeah, exactly. A hundred is as big as the number's yeah. supposed to go. What? Yeah. Which was kind of interesting. And like, now that, or at least, you know, I guess. It's pretty common in most summers. It's been so weird. Yeah. Like the, I feel like the last five or six years in Texas, weather-wise, have been fucking so bizarre. Like, yeah. It's fu- yeah. It's always been kind of crazy just because you have this weird confluence of like the Gulf and you have the plains. And so it's like, mm-hmm. it's kind really of kind of like this weather vortex. system crossroads. Yeah. 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 We've got all these like different systems of like, you've got warm air coming from the Gulf, cold air mm-hmm. coming from the North. So it's always been kind of a, down the plains kind of, yeah. of uh, what's the word? Like a v- vibrant sort of weather uh, system. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and that's the thing too, to remember about climate change. It's not as simple as, Oh, it's getting hotter or oh, it's fucking yeah. storms oh, it's, or something. It's snowing and fucking. Yeah, exactly. It, it's, it's not so cartoonish as that. Uh, but it's still, you know, uh, I mean, that is the catastrophe of our time is, is how are we going to address this and how are we going to, you know, are we going to have, Oh God, I wish I could dig that meme up right now. Um, it's like a, uh, it's an alignment chart and I forget w- what exactly the axes are, but, um, it's basically a bunch of different kind of like apocalypses. And one of them is like a Malthusian collapse event. One of them is like uh, theocratic techno fascism. Um, like one of them is like a matrix uh, shared dream thing. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting is, is my point. Describing memes on a podcast is what I'm best at apparently. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, Going going on from that, uh, do we want to get back to the article? Yeah. Um, so there's a subheading here, Return of Capitalist Animism. Another weird phenomenon that we can observe is the triumphant return of capitalist animism, of treating social phenomena like markets or financial capital as living entities. Yeah. And, okay. Which I actually, so I just did two weeks ago an episode on accelerationism. And so this is actually something that's, really interesting and i i kind of give a lot of purchase to this idea of capitalism being like the the ai that everyone has been so consumed with as far as like this frightening ai takeover has already occurred and that ai is capitalism and Mm -hmm. capitalism is essentially this set of behaviors it's this it's an algorithm right for maximizing profit and so forth and like allocating resources based on profit and so like now there's especially at the global scale like there's no one person that is directing capitalism it sort of self directs itself and reproduces itself through ideology which and social relations and culture and so forth and so i kind of feel like there's a very strong argument to be made that like we already there's already a 
and crazy AI, running, AI shit. Yeah. R- running shit, and it is capitalism itself. Yeah. And there's and like yeah, endlessly hungry, but no stomach to fill. And there's yeah. no like no one person is in charge. The system is like self reproducing, and I think there is like an emergent order of capitalism. By and of course, as like you know, so many thinkers have noted, Zizek himself, mm-hmm. in terms of being immersed within ideology itself, and how that you know what I mean. We're always like eating from the trash can of yeah of ideology, and now like no one questions it very or you know largely people don't question or there's a lot of assumptions that are made about the way the system operating successfully and so forth without really a lot of kind of critical thought Mm -hmm. towards you know what's really kind of occurring yeah well that's the thing is that it it really uh kind of presents itself as the only option uh it's 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 the fucking is there no alternative right and in the vast majority of the world's uh kind of political imagination no there isn't an alternative because it's what it is this is how things are run it's it positions itself as this is how things have always been run and always yeah. will be run and right. you know there's a lot yeah. of what is it survivorship bias too i think it's mm-hmm. like a big 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 thing that you run into it particularly in the west because we've like been able to exploit the global south and so forth and prop everything up into this you know technological utopia and there's all these in advances in in kind of consumer culture and devices and so forth but like when you look materially as far as when it comes to housing and education and healthcare and so forth things that are far more difficult to derive profit from those issue those prices are skyrocketing mm-hmm. and those are the like those are where like the fundamental things that people need to live <laughs> are yeah. fucking skyrocketing while yeah you can get a fucking iphone or a computer like dirt for cheap way cheaper point. than you could have even 10 years ago yeah. yeah but those things aren't really making your life better they're sort of yeah these well a lot of good a fucking iphone does me if i'm starving to death outside right you know? it's like yeah. it's a cope ultimately like these are oh, devices absolutely. to basically have you cope and deliver deliver the ideology to you mm-hmm in enmesh you even further within the like simulated s- situation that we exist in. Yeah. From kind of a Baudrillardian kind of thing. Yeah. I think to, um, what cannot be, uh, fucking stressed enough is the way that this functions to deprive people of alternatives too, because I mean, it's all fucking made up, as we were saying earlier. You know, it's 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 funny money, and the the way that we measure things, the way that we evaluate how well things are doing, does not take into account any of those quality of living a- aspects. Does not take into account people's overall health or happiness or whatever it happens to be. Um, which, yes, it's very convenient to be able to boil down everything about a situation, both like on a nation level, on a global level, whatever it happens to be, into one number. Or into a even a spreadsheet of numbers, but if those numbers aren't reflective of anything other than profit, of course it's going to be a self-perpetuating ideology. Yeah, it's um, a it's, very, it's a killer meme, basically. Very yeah. much think of that meme, the one where it's like the guy, we should improve society. Someone like yeah. Some, yeah, and there's something about what is it? I, I forget. Fuck, I fucked it up. It's we should like, improve society, but you, uh, but you live in society. Checkmate, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, there's a lot of that fucking going on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. 
which is quite frustrating. It's it's always fun, you know. And, and again, that's that's the thing too is it becomes this thing of people will take any other explanation for why they defend um I guess the uh, the prevailing ideology, you know, in terms of oh, it's not that it's just always been this or it's it's not that it's just been this way and it self-perpetuates through a variety of you know, financial and physical and material uh, levers in order to keep itself from being ousted, more or less. Uh, it's because it's just, it's the, it's the invisible hand of the free market working towards a more efficient way of uh, allotting things and yada yada and, you know, all these in, like, interior ideological uh, explanations, I guess. Post-factor kind of stuff, more or less. Yeah. Moving back to the article, um, I think this was this was actually pretty interesting. In a recent speech, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban said, "There is no such thing as a liberal. A liberal is nothing more than a communist with a diploma." What if she opposite is true? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta do the line. Yeah. <laughs> if we designate as liberals all those who care for our freedoms and as communists those who are aware that we can save these freedoms only with radical changes. Since global capitalism is approaching a crisis, question mark, then we should say that today those who will recognize themselves as communists are liberals with a diploma, liberals who seriously studied why our liberal values are under threat and became aware that only radical change can save them. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the thing. If because of course there's there's a very distinct like very distinct I, I say a constructedly distinct difference between conservatives and liberals in the kind of political dialogue in, in this country and others uh, in that, oh, liberals are on one side of the issue and con uh, conservatives are on the other side, when they're really all kind of in the same uh, Venn diagram section of neoliberalism and they're all capitalists and they're all, uh, depending on, you know, no matter the uh, proportion to which they want to reform or change uh neoliberal capitalism they're still on the same team right um we don't have to f we all we have to do is fundamentally or we don't have to f make any fundamental changes to society we simply must make these like small reforms mm -hmm. here and there yeah if if we you know on one side you have oh if we just uh make healthcare more affordable uh through this this and this then things will be just and equal and capitalism will chug on and everybody will be happy. And on the other side you have, oh, if we just let fewer people from other countries into this country, we will have, well, be happy, yada, yada. And it's like, no, there, there is a deeper, more fundamental problem than either of those issues. You know, it's, yeah. Actually going, this kind of goes back to like, before we, before I read this passage, hmm. I just always have this idea that markets are shit for determining value ultimately mm. like they can be good for determining maybe and if like in a vacuum like the efficient most efficient path for production or for setting a price on something yeah. but they cannot assess that real human flourish like value that serves human flourishing mm. adequately they cannot it's a mechanism that is beyond the ability of markets to do and that's why something that's like oh well you know you have an iphone you are that and having an iphone is wealth 
right? Or having, you know what I mean? Having a TV is wealth or having a computer is wealth rather than having a fucking place to live and being able to afford to eat good food that isn't fucking going to kill you or yeah. poison you or, you know what well, I mean? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I was, I was just uh, Googling something here to make sure I wasn't totally speaking out of my ass, but, um, you know, the concept of like elastic and inelastic goods in economics, like when we're treating, you know, even, even inelastic goods as things that are still up for market, so to speak, it be, like immediately begins, the whole concept immediately begins to break down because it's like, well, fuck, you're, you've, you've more or less uh, got a gun to my head in terms of I need to eat. I need a place to sleep, you know, to, to live like uh, otherwise, I guess I'm just fucked, you know? Yeah. So there was actually a uh, fucking what's his name? Our, our great, great House of Representatives guy from uh, Houston, actually, fucking uh, Dan Crenshaw. Oh, yeah. Was posting the Salt other day. Snake. Yeah. Yeah. He was posting the other day about how, oh, like socialism essentially means that you have to work for some, like if you don't work for blah, blah, blah to survive and all this shit, I would have to actually look up my, I know I've got the, my response to this fucking tweet, <laughs> but it was like, he was like, oh, if you, yeah, it was something along the lines. Okay. If you don't work for the commune, then you don't get to survive or whatever. Like you're forced yeah. to work for the commune. And I was like, okay, well, in capitalism, you're forced to work for these communes for some asshole. called companies. Yeah. And if you don't, then you don't. Then you starve. Yeah, exactly. And you're homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like this fundamental misunderstanding of yeah. what. To which like, they then respond, oh, well, no, you can just start your own business or find employment voluntarily somewhere else. And it's like, that's still not voluntary. None of that is voluntary. Yeah. You know? It's like the system has become so abstracted from legit like actual production and like mm -hmm. things that are valuable to it's now it's all just fucking bullshit speculation like we work for example i mean yeah and fucking lyft uber like there's so many different examples of like and it goes back to i guess these, these not even like products uh these these concepts of products or services being so overvalued and then it's like well, we can't deliver the, the imaginary value you guys made up. Guess it's time to just shit the bed. Yeah. You know? It's like that falling rate of profit issue, which I'm not so much a Marxist, but I do think there's a lot to be said for the falling rate of profit. And I think you can that like this mm -hmm. is this is a symptom of of that tendency that Marx talked about so long ago is mm -hmm. like capitalism is running out of profitable industries. And so now it's like so now all that's left is to speculate on these. Is to speculate and then to cannibalize whatever else it can get away with right. cannibalizing. To like, yeah, without so being to really too much, you know, yeah. To externalize all of the oh, costs too. of yeah. everything as much as possible onto the either society as a whole mm -hmm. or like. Or onto, in your example earlier, the, labor. the, global, the global south, you know, yeah. labor elsewhere or. Very true. You know, yeah. But for sure, I mean, even in like the, con okay, so like looking at someone who drives for Lyft or Uber, they don't, like it's pushing off, like Uber, Uber and Lyft just own the network, they don't own the vehicles, so they don't have those costs. costs, they don't have to pay overtime, they don't have to, there's no sick pay, there's no holiday pay, there's no benefits offered, et cetera, et cetera. Like you can go on down the list mm -hmm. to where like it's reinventing, actually Richard Wolf had a fantastic 
discussion about this the other day. He was talking about how using this very example, it's like we had the taxi cab industry to solve this problem of transportation mm-hmm. to some degree or like an element of it, right? And now all the regulations that <laughs> arose after like to like try to figure out how to navigate that issue. Making this workable and making this so now it's exploitative, like, yeah. So now it's being reinvented by these companies in a way that's trying to like basically undercut mm-hmm. all of the whole like historical development of of regulation that yeah. really well, made- and, and you see this too with like uh, you know companies that provide essentially every aspect of their employees and their workers uh, you know existences in terms of places to stay and stuff like that. They've just reinvented company stores and uh, you know company uh, barracks basically. It's uh, it's great. <laughs> Very normal times we live in. I mean, definitely. When it comes to retail, this is super clear. When you're talking about the company store element, because having worked a number of years in retail, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, like I was caught up in basically, you know, a certain amount of my check was oftentimes going back into purchasing shit directly from the store. Yeah. Because of whatever, like ideology and, and Well, yeah, because so you're there and, right. you know, likely you had a discount. So essentially yeah. they're saying, hey, you can either, you know, spend more of your money, which is more or less just like you've transformed your time that we have taken from you uh, into profit for us and giving you a little bit on the side, of course. Uh, so you can either take that and spend that somewhere else or just bring it back to us. Get yourself a nice shirt. You know, um, I, I did the same working at a restaurant. Most shifts I would because we got a employee discount. I mean, just grab something to eat from there, you know, rather than um, going and spending it somewhere where I'd be taking more of the, you know, fucking $8 an hour or whatever it was. uh, And, you know, essentially my time and re-wasting it somewhere else. It's like, okay, I can recoup a little bit more of the day that I've wasted on someone else's behalf if I just get a burger here, you know want to move on to closing out the article and this is really my honestly my favorite fucking part of the article this is so good for this reason we can expect that viral epidemics will affect our most elementary interactions with other people and objects around us including our own bodies avoid touching things that may be invisibly dirty don't touch hooks don't sit on toilet seats or public benches avoid embracing people or shaking their hands We might even become more careful about spontaneous gestures. Don't touch your nose or rub your eyes. (laughs) Yeah, Zizek is a toast. Don't pull your shirt. Don't, uh, you know, yeah. Definitely sniff. Don't touch your nose. Uh, So I think R.I.P. Zizek. Yeah, he's toast. Once the coronavirus makes it to uh, Slovenia, he's fucked. (laughs) Totally fucked. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I think too. I, I think he's very much overblowing um, the effect this virus is going to have. Like, yes, there's a lot of fear right now, and uh, especially with the way capitalism is globalized, it's interesting to see um, a lot of conferences and things like that, like just shutting down outright. Um, that's very interesting to see. In fact, at my fucking job, we we got an email saying like, "Okay, guys, if it does come to the U.S. and there are CDC directions, we'll follow those." Yeah, in the meantime, I got a similar. If you're feeling sick, yeah, if you're feeling sick, go, uh, you know, fucking use your sick hours, which also is the goofiest goddamn way to um, to you know 
take take a stance on that. It's like, okay, use the allotted sick hours that you have. What if I run out? Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's or or again with the you know, less uh, office-y kind of environment of of retail, of restaurants. Those people don't get shit for sick leave. They're going to work through oh, it. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. Great example. I don't know if you even were aware of this, but here in Austin, the city had passed a sick day requirement. Now, mm-hmm. I think it was very minor of like something like you would get three days of, of sick time. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're like, our our very our our melodious governor Greg Abbott <laughs> I fucking love that guy so God much. God bless him. Uh, well, basically, they kind of I think they somehow were able to override this or like basically it kind of was in limbo to where I don't think it was actually going to wind yeah, up going become into a reality. Yeah, yeah, it was going to be like trumped by by the state government vetoed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fucking nuts and bullshit. And this is the kind of thinking. I mean, in this way, like maybe this is what Zizek was after is like, there is a certain, and he mentioned this too, I didn't read the quote Mm -hmm. from the article, but he did mention there's a certain democratic element to illness in that there is, whether you're a fucking rich guy or a, you know, a peasant Mm -hmm. in neoliberalism, you're both susceptible to catching this virus so it does it the virus is intersectional is basically what (laughs) what he's saying yes uh and and that's exactly the thing too is that uh it 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 does reframe things and i think a virus specifically is a good reframing device in terms of okay what changes can we make about the way we operate our day-to-day to uh make it better or make it at least in this example so you know, the person handing you your fucking McDouble is not sneezing, you know, a, a terrible flu on it. Um, but we're not going to answer those questions because um, not only are the people uh, people making the decisions uh, very insulated from the consequences of those decisions, capitalism itself, like you said earlier, you know, kind of the the AI or the algorithm or the the dark god beneath the world to borrow from Thomas Licati a little bit too much, maybe. Hell yeah. Fuck it, right? Yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've been reading a lot of Legati. Really? Nice. Yeah. So what do, you, do you got any recommendations? Uh, goddamn, uh, The Conspiracy Against the Human Race is what I've been reading. Nice. And um, yeah, I I just, like like I said, I, I just want to like fucking get so drunk I can't see and then walk <laughs> into the ocean and just let it take me. <laughs> but um, uh, yes, uh, so, so that's the thing. Capitalism itself is insulated from the consequences of any of its you know, uh, externalities like global warming, like sickness, like, you know, mass die offs. If that were to happen, it is easier to, to, to do the fucking Frederick Jameson thing again. It's easier to remember or to visualize the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism. Uh, so, I mean, how do you shoot an AI in the face? You know, what do you think about this? How this will impact? Cause I, my, take has been look if with bernie doing particularly well in these early primaries i sort of have this very hot take about okay i would almost rather bernie like if bernie wins and there's an economic collapse in his presidency 
that is bad for the left. That, that is will extreme, validate that is every extremely, fear yes. of, yeah, of every dipshit middle of the road, or even people who aren't particularly political. Then they will yes. immediately believe them. It will be, that, and, it, mm-hmm. and it, it will be like this crushing defeat of any kind of, and even as Bernie is like basically a social democrat, like this. Yeah really negates the ability of the whole left idea of a yeah. left idea of a socialism to really manifest and so it's like if if i have to choose between another trump term and between uh, bernie having to deal with a financial collapse mm-hmm. i'm i'm loath to say that i almost think so it, you're voting for him is what you're saying <laughs> I, honestly i'm not We're recording sh- this both wearing maga hats of course so. i'm i listen i i'm too much of a liberal to ever vote for Trump. Yeah. Actively. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would actively vote for Trump. I may not vote at all. If, mm. if anything, like that's probably it, what I would do. I mean, in Texas, especially is discouraging it being a winner take all state. Yeah. You know? Um, so I would probably like it. The most accelerationist thing I would do is simply not vote. I, I could not in good conscience, I think vote for a fucking, like, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I'm too, even like whatever, break it down like i'm too immersed in liberalism mm-hmm. to, to ever to like to take cast that, step. that acceleration yeah, like i vote can't intentionally i just couldn't yeah i couldn't bring myself to like <laughs> it just that. feels shitty yeah um i would i would probably just not vote and i, I mean regardless i may not vote i'm not 100 percent sure where i what i'm gonna do just yet yeah i'm not sure if i'm gonna vote in the primary yet. i'm still like thinking it's like all the there's so many arguments about like oh well it's like you know, it's somewhat of a privileged position because of mm-hmm. the potential for harm reduction, but then harm reduction isn't necessarily like the best long term thing. There yeah. and there are valid arguments and critiques of of voting being for Bernie, for example, being harm reduction. Like there, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. there's a million different fucking angles that, to look at it, it, and we're not going to know until yeah, after the fact. Until which yeah, is exactly, great. Right? Yeah. exactly that kind of Hegelian. There's no thing. sure, uh, no yeah. sure bet. Yeah, of how the I mean, for for itself out. for all we know, we could be in the in the universe where Bernie turns as, as soon as he's in the reins of power. It's like all right, full communism, no baby, right. which is not likely, but yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm curious to get your feelings as far as what I mean. I guess you kind of mm-hmm. gave that to some degree, but this current this late latest collapse i mean i th- or this stock market fall that mm-hmm. is one of the biggest in history i think does bode well like that total that rearranges the calculus of the wager that i'm kind of talking about fundamentally mm-hmm. because if the co- if the economy is on its way down that bodes oh, well that's, that's the perfect stage that's, yeah that is pretty much that's better than like because i my other thought was okay What's maybe even to pre- okay? Let's presage the fact that burning and electing and uh, and the economy collapsing. That's probably the worst case scenario. The before that would be mm-hmm. like okay, the the DNC fucks Bernie over and he runs Bloomberg or somebody. Yeah, yeah, and there's a brokered convention that may be even. That's a slightly better scenario because I think what that does is that activates a lot of fucking people. I think on the ground power. The Bernie yeah. Bros like there that sort of galvanizes this idea that electoral politics is fucking a, garbage and useless. A fucking yeah. circle jerk. Which <laughs> I like. Whatever. Like I ultimately think electoral politics. You can't. You can't fucking like. It's already been proven by history that capitalism 
cannot be reformed. Yeah. Social democracies, like, yes, like it would be. They're nicer. It's, but, it's, you know, the, I mean, the social democracies that, that exist right now are built on the backbones of again, the global self. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And not to mention that, but it's like those systems are all under threat by fucking fascists. Yeah. By austerity. Like, by look fascists. at France. Yeah. Like, France, by far, far more socially democratic than. Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., you still have the yellow vest movement. You still have like significant fucking general strikes and shit going. You've got firefighters yeah. going at it with cops. You've got like yeah. the fucking yeah. You have you have a perfectly fine European social democracy going on that people are still like, no, this fucking sucks. Yeah, We're not exactly. Put up with this. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, it's like talking to people. It's like. And, and on the other side of that, too, you have, like, you know, the fascists, like you said, like in, you know, in Hungary, as, in, as cited in the article, or a lot of like what Trump's initial support was before they you know realized, hey, Trump's just another neolib. Uh, it's it's that ethno-nationalist like, yeah, this is how we fix things is by, you know, adopting a, uh, you know, a, a very strictly fascist integration of capitalism and the state for us specifically. Right. Yeah. To benefit. Like, fuck everybody group. else. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's not even getting into just the whole fucking messed up watching fascism. And it's like, no, bud, you're, you're next. Let me tell you, unless, unless you've got fucking, you know, seven figures sitting around somewhere, you are, you are next on the list, bud. Um, but yeah, because even places like Denmark, you know, they're having, they're, they're having like nationalist and, uh, yeah, like kind of, <sighs> yeah. So, you know, I just, that's why I'm very skeptical that this kind of like old school approach. And this is one thing I think to me, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I wouldn't call myself an accelerationist. Like, I, but I think one thing that they do very smartly or they, or their approach to understanding the depths of the problems that we're in is the most honest and rational of like anyone on the left, because they recognize like we're fucking, we're in a bad we're in a bad position yeah. man. We're in it's, a really, it's getting really worse and it's gonna keep itself getting worse. So the only way through is through. You know, we're not gonna put a stopgap in it and do some judo shit and turn it around. Or at least you know. like I don't think like you have to alter your tactics to the situation that we're in mm-hmm. rather than thinking that like old school like trade unionism and etc. is gonna lead like those material conditions that created like the New Deal, etc. That shit is gone. Like, yeah. thinking about this too, like in terms of the the flu epidemic in like 1918, right? Hmm. Like, imagine what that would have been like in a in a world where you have air travel like we do now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, and now the coronavirus. Like, there's a certain like fucking anticipation of that almost. Yeah, or there's like a certain repetition of history in a sense, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because we're right at that precipice of like a new century and things are dynamically changing and there's a lot of new technology like there was back then, new communications technology, new uh, political technology for lack of a better way to put it. In in terms of saying like, hey, here are some new political and the funny thing about it repeating is these political ideas are not new now, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's fucking wild world, man. Yeah, it's like I'm very <laughs> skeptical that the old left kind of labor movement type shit is going to work because mm-hmm. number one, how are you going to expand like labor unions have already been kind of crushed. 
how are you going to revive labor unions when there's like only like fucking what like 10 percent of the population is in a fucking union like yeah across exactly board, maybe and that's i mean being generous, in, in, right? in fucking most states unions are a non-thing and in the yeah. states that they are in you know it's it's a fucking coin flip over whether your union is worth a shit or not um so to to act like that is the definitive answer i think is is you know not realistic right yeah it's and i certainly agree and i mean mm-hmm. again empathies obviously obviously i mean i would much rather be in a union at my current job right, than yeah. fucking not having a union exactly. like i do you know fucking a little representation in the workplace would be nice but um yeah you you what you need is a full reevaluation again of like okay to what ends are we driving this society you know are we driving it towards profit for profit's sake or do we drive it towards you know profit for the sake of keeping people happy uh and keeping quality of uh, quality of life high and the way that profit works in the system that we have now and the way that production more more specifically works in the system we have now is you know (laughs) to to use that same example for basically we're basically throwing it all into the ocean for cthulhu at this point it's like yeah this is this is where it's going you know as as long as the numbers are going up it's it's totally fine that people are starving in the streets which is fucking nuts yep yep and also i mean you could try you could go for the whole like fucking utopian hey we're just gonna get a bunch of assholes to go live in the desert neither we're gonna die or make a very important point (laughs) uh, to quote drill (laughs) nice uh and even then you know you still have the externalities uh, externalities of capitalism being shat down upon you whether that's the state coming out to say hey no right. you got to pay taxes on this or you know climate change due to fossil fuel fueled capitalism you know making your crops die and making the rainfall all fucked up and making the temperatures a million degrees it's you know it's it's inescapable but also what else do we do yeah. right yeah any other thoughts on this article in particular? Um, no, not particularly. I, I, I mean, I, I love seeing Zizek in writing, even if I totally disagree with what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> again, you I think know. it's fucking the best part was... <laughs> what, I'm going to read it again. Don't touch your nose or rub your eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's like... You're fucked, he's, he's writing from, like, a, from a point of experience. How self-aware, yeah. how self-aware is he being? Like, is this... T- like, what? This has got to be like the t- tongue-in-cheek... Self-awareness of Zizek. What, 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 he, right? what he needs to invest in is some sort of like hand and mouth cover <laughs> so that he can always be touching his, his face and nose and eyes and stuff and uh, stay protected from the virus. If we simply handcuffed him, then he would not be able to. <laughs> what would he do? <sighs> like, what the fuck would he do with himself if we couldn't touch his? And it, what's funny is like I have this same predilection when it comes to touching my beard. Oh, yeah. I can't fucking stop oh, i'm very fidgety all the time. himself yeah yeah fucking always like stroking it or like mm. fucking always fucking all the time it's so annoying yeah because then i wind up like with oil on my fucking phone and shit yeah and it's like oh, this why am i doing this yep but uh, to wrap things up i had some funny some funny posts since we're in <laughs> yeah, a little bit of levity in this uh, yeah you know, i i introduced my uh kind of myself and my show with like oh yeah it's, it's just cum jokes and fart jokes and we've had very little cum jokes uh, i'd not no cum not jokes. one single cum joke damn and we, right. actually we, we got to squeeze in our or rather we got to squeeze out our cum quota this for will the be end of the show here this will be a good segue because i think the last time that you were on the show 
was probably like we had met. That was yeah, like we had met within September. Yeah, we had like met maybe two a week or so before we recorded. Mm -hmm. And I think you we just had become mutual followers. So I do have to ask you. Go ahead and just and and give me your honest. Give me. I want you to be complete, one hundred percent honest. You want my raw dog opinion? Raw dog opinion <laughs> of my shit posting account. It's fucking inspired. Is yes, what it thank is. you. Yeah, thank, I, you. thank I, you for like, validating me. Of course, of course. <laughs> like it's 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 a it's a very uh, naturalistic kind of shit posting. It's it's the. Um, <laughs> It's it's the uh, the cave drawings and the walls of Altamira with, of shit with doo with, with, with literal shit yeah with with actual shit with yeah. doo doo ass yes <laughs> there's there's regular shit posting then there's shit posting out of your whole doo doo ass and that is a distinct difference I I actually have some good ones that I think are each is kind of related to a lot of the uh, Democratic presidential candidates. <laughs> Uh, my my Biden themed one is I just drank a fifth of Malarkey. Dare me to drive. I love that. Yeah, that's which good. I think was really good. Yeah, underappreciated. My <laughs> my Amy Klobuchar one is uh, if Amy Klobuchar was serious about fundraising, she'd have a premium snap. The feet pics alone, my own. <laughs> did you actually? Did you question? Did you watch the debate the other night? Uh, the very, very beginning of it, I literally like, I, I just like left to do anything afterward after that. So I don't watch the debates because I just, that shit is too much. Like mm-hmm. one thing I will say this, uh, in terms of like, just to retrack and go back in terms of like this electoralism and my aversion to it, I will say that the liberal establishment response to the success of Bernie and the liberal response to like Bernie Bros and shit, it mm-hmm. is. I there's a little bit of that Schadenfreude. Oh, absolutely, yeah. aspect of it. It's it's so entertaining watching them like scramble to answer to a legitimately popular candidate when they've been trying to manufacture. I mean, you know, Obama had that very much in 2008 because Obama made a lot of promises, and Obama was, I mean, you know, is very charismatic. Which I think is, I mean, that's the that's the catalyst for my ultimate skepticism with highly Bernie. skepticism, even just like from an instinctual point beyond like the intellectual. Yeah, absolutely. At, um, process of like yeah. being skeptical. It's like. I've already seen this movie one time mm-hmm. and you know shame you know, fool me once shame on me fool me twice fiddly day you can't yeah. fool me again yeah <laughs> <laughs> won't be fooled again baby will not be fooled again goddamn it uh, god well yeah so that's the thing though it like despite that like their mission since then has been to recapture Obama they're not going for a 2008 Obama that was popular with people. They're going for like a 2014 Obama that was just, well, I am very polite. And boop, and then fucking drones rain down all over the Middle East. And then he goes back to, hello, it's me, Barack. So they don't know what they're fucking doing. And it's fun to watch them kind of uh, reap the uh, the negative effects of that. It's like... There's there's a little bit of the Schadenfreude aspect, but the other, it just actually like, more so I think it really drives me, it fills me with anger, like a, mm-hmm. a really visceral anger at how bad revolution is needed in this country. Like, oh yeah, some yeah. kind of some fucking real general strike would be cool as shit. Yes, it just like dry like it f- drives me absolutely 
fucking furious. Yeah. I just get this. Clearly there's an energy there. Clearly there is. There are people who are fed up with shit and ready to mobilize. It's just we don't share a cohesive. Right. And just the vocabulary at all. Yeah. The way that this establishment amongst the liberal, the liberal establishment is so opposed to like this fucking like minuscule social democracy. Like it makes me want to just go full Maoist and let's just like fucking drag Jonathan (laughs) Chait and fucking David Brooks out of their fucking Upper East Side apartments and let's just like fucking gulag their ass yes and i'm an anarchist goddamn (laughs) so you know that this just gets me like it fills me with just a righteous furor yeah yeah over it um but what do you think about uh i've been on the forefront of this idea that klobuchar is She's kind of like she's she's got a libidinal. Yeah, appeal no, to that's her. that's been really interesting to see, <laughs> like the raw, horny energy uh, that Klobuchar seems to apparently have. Yeah, yeah, like people are really into her in that way. I think it's you know what I think it is. I think it's the like kind of like four glasses of wine face she makes a lot. That's what it is. Uh, she. Um, like kind of does and this is great for a podcast because you know of course y'all can't see it right now but she does the like like she's like kind of having a stroke but also like kind of coming on to you that's what it is and people apparently just find that very very charming well the reason i had asked you if you Mm -hmm. could watch the debate is because i had i didn't watch it myself but i saw a post and it was something about she had said something about it was like this freudian slip of the boyfriend loophole Mm -hmm. which i thought was really fucking funny and like there's all these have you heard also this story that she had this other like an old boyfriend that somehow she had like ended up making like this huge contra or the all these contributions <laughs> to her campaigns and shit i i didn't i didn't hear about that but that's yeah fucking perfect yeah right yeah. exactly so it's so funny it's like you know i'm so sort of in this you know i have appreciation for lacan but mm. i also have appreciation for my boys, uh, Deleuze and Watari, hmm. and their seminal work, Anti-Oedipus. <laughs> There's your gum joke right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very purposefully done that way. Uh, so they have Anti-Oedipus <laughs> that is saying, you know, like the Oedipal form, the Oedipal complex is this bourgeois, bourgeois construction. Mm-hmm. This is not the driving force in, in human, like, subconscious development and so forth. But I think Klobuchar... It very much is like tapping into an edible. Absolutely, element. yeah. She's uh, she, uh, and it's funny you say that too because a lot of the depictions of Warren have been like, "Oh, I just want a mommy to take care of the country," and you know, it's like, fucking yeah, yeah. It's 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 a lot of the uh, same like Harry Potter libs that have been expressing that, and it's yeah. really interesting to see. It's funny, like, well, I guess Colbert. It's not fair because Warren is a bit older, even though she she's like seventy, but she doesn't mm-hmm. look. She looks. I don't think she looks 70. No. Yeah. But she lacks, she's kind of got like this very, I don't know, her energy, like she lacks the libidinal appeal of a Klobuchar, mm-hmm. which I think is funny. <laughs> and I just, yeah, God. I will claim to be one of the more, I was one of the earliest irony bros to, uh, uh-huh. to <laughs> like, I even had to like look into this because I have another friend that I'm online who's like, saying that he kind of started this whole thing for Klobuchar. And then I had like, looked back and was like, oh, you fucker, you beat me by like five days. All I'm thinking of is that fucking, have you seen that Vore art of Klobuchar? Yes. Yeah. Of course. The Trump daughter, whoever it is. Yeah. That's, 
Oh man. <laughs> like just fuck, that's so great. How do people come up with this stuff, huh? I had another uh another post about Pete being like a player piano. Hmm. Which was, you know, it's alright. Yeah, it's solid. Bad. Yeah. But uh I think before we like we'll kind of close out on a, a couple of more, but um mm-hmm. one of them one take that I saw that was this shit had me literally I considered logging off, which I have <laughs> uh, never. Do you even, want me to read the original tweet? I have in, never. In my best shitlib voice. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Literacy was always the most basic tool of totalitarian propaganda. If you're not literate, you can't be fed communist propaganda. The most steadfast anti-communist I knew in my childhood was my maternal grandfather, who was illiterate. Communist propaganda did not reach him. Oh fuck! You know there was actually. You know what's funny is. Yeah. So number one, this tweet is so fucking bird-brained and oh it sucks it sucks so much ass so <laughs> yeah like reading reading and knowledge are are communist propaganda <laughs> like one that assumption alone but like then the assumption that like there's no other way for ideology to be transmitted other like than you can't just like fucking tell somebody like, yeah, about you, it <laughs> you just can't be immersed in culture and fucking like yeah like yeah that's not how ideology like works <laughs> but yeah this take holy shit yeah everything about that sucks yeah the, and going back a second to the like you know uh establishment uh response to sanders in terms of like oh he, he's literally he's literally stalin coming to fucking you know take the presidency away from us um their response to his uh praise of castro and his praise of castro just pre uh, uh period is uh just interesting to to look at you know yeah what oh that that actually is yeah super super interesting because for one like obviously as an anarchist i mean i think the so the castro regime definitely has jailed and fucking executed anarchists and so forth mm-hmm. that said like i'm not a hundred like i'm not a hundred percent opposed to what cuba has done in terms of like building like the most sustainable economy yeah. or like society basically on the planet essentially um yeah it's not perfect but it right. does have i mean it's i mean fuck they've it. achieved there have been days where i've thought about like okay how do, how do i like steal a boat and evade the coast right. guard and just i don't know like I mean, live there somehow yeah like what they've you i don't think like you're being disingenuous even if you're an anarchist and you have like a uh you know mm-hmm. a, a principled anarchist opposition to everything that Castro and, and Cuba has done mm-hmm. like you have to recognize that this is at least a step towards the possibility like it shows that there's potential for something you know what I mean like it, yeah. it displays like there's a possibility of imagination of outside of exactly. a capitalist system yeah which yeah. is I think very valuable and I don't think it is you the can, tiniest little glimmer granted but yes it's it's there yeah you know what I mean so so there's that, but it's funny too because someone online the other day was talking about how I forget if it was uh, you know who Inver Hoxha is? Uh, yeah, yeah, the bunker guy. Yeah, Albanian bunker guy. <laughs> so he called. He referred to uh, Che Guevara and mm-hmm. and Castro as like revisionists, as like revisionist anarchists or something, which I thought was. Super fucking hilarious That's great. charge coming from like, <laughs> that's that is some 2015 left book shit. I yeah. love that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought was like 
so fucking hilarious. I had heard that quote before, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize. Or I, yeah, you didn't really think about I it. Know, no, I just didn't know that it was coming from him. Oh, okay, yeah. Which God, is that's wild. Great. <laughs> uh, another weird, like, because I think that I don't know. I've made jokes about like fucking like Posada. Like, mm-hmm. what is that? Hoax of Posadism? Uh, shit like that. yeah, I know, just mashing together <laughs> ideologies. Yeah, yeah. Also, Posadism, of course, the only the only true approach to uh, everything. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we just got to let the nukes drop. I'm hoping. So one of the guys that's on the Antifada podcast mm-hmm. is writing a book on Posadas. <gasps> cool. I think it's coming out. That fucking rules. It's coming out April 20th. <laughs> it's coming out on 420. Is. Of course it is. Which is, yes, yes, which is money. I'm fucking crossing my that's fingers. That's beautiful. Yeah. That. I will hopefully I I do period no matter what I'm doing a Posadas episode oh, yeah. doing one hands down matter of fact you know what as a podcast that goes by the name of Psychic Dolphin Girl well, have you guys well, done a Pos- well. <laughs> have you done a Posadas you know funny enough we haven't because we, 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 we don't get too much into like like theory theory right. we just you know do like we're, we're very uh very reactionary and it's like oh what's in the news this week um you know which is uh you know, just kind of what we what we're shooting for, but God, like a, a good like uh, Posada deep dive would be a good hilarious. I mean, you do you still do the funny, like you bring the funny to yeah, it, but yeah, you do yeah, like yeah. a fun. You know what I mean? Kind of like we did with this episode, like we had some substantive mm-hmm. shit, but and we, and we just riff on it. Yeah, we do we do a little riffs. Yeah, it's called and, and that's dialectics. <laughs> yep, the, the real dialectic is uh, is going from this is deathly serious and we need a solution to it to. <laughs> There's a pretty funny, actually. There's a like Posadas for Bernie account that That I recently started. Let me see if I can find this account real quick. Let's see. Yes. Uh, So the the ad is at Posadas sixty (laughs) nine. Okay, I'm following this right now. Posadas for Bernie is the display name with a. It's got a hammer and sickle, and then an alien, and then the like gamma rays fucking thing. And the profile picture is like this uh, hammer and sickle, and there's a four, and there's like a red and like yellow. Like the fourth international. Kind of yeah, kinda, yeah, 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 exactly. Love it. Small account, but uh, I'm really. God bless small accounts. I'm, you know? yeah. I'm enjoying their uh, content quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I guess one last thing before we wrap up, like um, in terms of fostering that political um, imagination. Like shit like this is great. Like shit posting is a beautiful tool for change because it allows you to kind of imagine other possibilities, you know. The whole the whole concept of fully automated luxury gay space communism as hey, what if this is how we structured society? Fucking yeah. Let's do that. People will laugh, but I do like I take shit posting seriously, but I don't. I mean, There's yeah. it's a dialectical approach to it. <laughs> it is like Yes, they're like it's shit posting. So, but there is an artistry mm. to it. It is an art form. There is skill involved. Like to any be other a art, good yeah. shit poster. Okay, <laughs> the fucking shit posters are changing the world. <laughs> and I think you can. I mean, it's weird mm-hmm. how much of the political discourse does kind of get driven by Twitter. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, and of course that's I mean skewed because we are on Twitter. Uh, yeah, online. we're but also terminally online individuals. Absolutely, I am extremely. <laughs> I've got online. We've brain got brainworms so for sure. So yeah. bad. I'm probably one of the worst. Yeah. To be but honest. the thing is, I mean, the whole concept of 
Bernie's base being these, you know, toxic, uh, terrible people. Uh, that's just Twitter, baby. It rules. Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, it's like out. It's like whatever. The, you people just don't have a context for what the fuck Twitter is and what shit posting is. Mm-hmm. And like because you're olds and you fucking yeah, suck. You and don't you're get it. Incredibly offline. Do not trust the incredibly yeah, offline. It, yeah, it's like yeah. you fucking like even like whatever the. It, yeah, there's me. a total disconnect, and it me. goes back we to that. We should build a mass movement. Also, me. Don't trust people who aren't online twenty four seven. But yeah, it's like, it's like I had uh, talked yeah. about that disconnect between like the millennial generation and the boomer generation is their immersion and exposure to technology, and how integrated technology and platforms like Twitter are mm-hmm. into like the millennial, the Zoomers, and that constant discourse about po- like. We're thinking about politics all the time. We're yeah. thinking about theory all the fucking time. We're posting about it. We're reading more theory. We're more educated. We're more motivated. Mm. We're more, you know what I mean? In tune with the, the day-to-day. Like, yes, yeah. exactly. The fucking day-to-day grind of it because we are the fucking peons. We're the fucking dipshits. We're the people getting shat on the most. We're, yeah. the, we're the motherfuckers that are driving your fucking Uber. Yeah. We're the motherfuckers I, I that are you, delivering too. your food. And, and exactly, taking it from a class perspective too, I guarantee you, you know, you look at your average fucking millennial uh, you know, worker and you look at like a fucking dude who does like real estate development that for, for a company he got from his fucking dad or something, he's not going to be nearly as online as yeah. anybody else like, like one of us, you know, like shit. Yeah, it's like I fucking, I drove for Lyft for like and uber for like two and a half years yeah um it's like we're the motherfuckers that are we're it's like we're making it happen you know yeah exactly it's almost like the refrain from from fight club whenever they take the guy like there's this i think he's the chief of police or something it's like mm-hmm. we're gonna be we're gonna conduct a rigor, rigorous investigation for these underground boxing clubs and then like all the fucking members of uh project mayhem go and they catch that fucking police chief in a bathroom yep. and they like all grab him they like pull down his pants and they're like wrap the fucking rubber ran about runner's balls and like yeah. we are we feed your we drive you around we bring you your food do not fuck with us yeah exactly <laughs> and that's exactly what it is like yeah we drive you around we bring we serve you your fucking food we're doing do not all fuck with shit. us yeah <laughs> <sighs> woo yeah woo fuck I'm gonna go outside and like like throw a throw a fucking uh, brick through a bank window That's or right. something. Hell no. yeah! Did you see? Okay, fucking. I don't want to just keep doing. Oh, did you see this thing? But the fucking uh, Bloomberg office here in uh, North Austin got fucking vandalized. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Red Guard Austin. So that's. A whole other fucking well, conversation. I, I don't know. That would be a that would be a step in the right direction for well, that's Red the Guard thing. because they well, only they, fuck with like liberals or like social you know suck dems mm-hmm. or like dem sucks. They never really fuck with like the obviously like the most fascist. Yeah, go for the go for the obvious one. Yeah, torch the fucking governor's mansion, you yeah, weenies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, they just always want to fuck with like the the relatively good, you know, yeah. electoralist options. Yeah, right. Which, Which like I understand, I, ca- yes, I get exactly. it. But that just fucking turns regular ass people off of you know revolutionary politics at all. Yeah, you know, or even like left politics more broadly. Like, don't. I guess my point is don't be cringe. Yeah. Don't be cringe is, is the takeaway. Yeah. If you want to do fucking outrageous shit, fuck with the goddamn reactionary fucking fascists that are Alex everywhere Jones in Texas. Lives, if y'all yeah. if y'all fucking manage to, you know, Alex Jones somehow, that would be huge. That'd be amazing PR. This is not a call to action, but I'm saying if you did, 
I mean, hypothetically, think, think of the clout. Think of the clout. <laughs> hypothetically, if you let's say took if a pig's a head, friend of your organization. <laughs> yeah, if you took a pig's head, yeah. And imagine four did pigs something heads with it and <laughs> with Alex Jones on the edge of a cliff. Then I, you've got me. Then yeah. then we've got a stew going here. Exactly. But let's yeah, get that fucking, fucking stew going. Harassing dem sucks and suck dems is it's cringy. Is yeah, yeah it's fucking worthless. And You're that's coming from anything. somebody who is incredibly cringy. So yeah. I should know. All right. Well, fucking fuck a. yeah, fucking a. It's a good goddamn episode. Hell yeah, better than the first. One. <laughs> rest, God rest its soul. Take two. Yeah, <laughs> this I worked out really well. It was the you know. The sequel is never quite as good, mm-hmm. but I think this was a pretty good sequel. It was like I, the Godfather I think it's like, two, uh, yeah. It, it which took I think a sec to, to me, the Godfather one still among the trilogy is the mm-hmm. best. Two is okay, so it's kind of like that. It's um, I got nothing. I I don't know what movies is. <laughs> I was gonna go for Aliens over versus Alien, but Alien is really good. Alien is Aliens is, is Aliens was okay. Is good. It was kind of like this. But yeah, it was a good. It's good. It's different. I think it's a good metaphor. Yeah. yeah. Or, or it's like, uh, it's it's like if there was like, yeah, fuck it. I got nothing. <laughs> All right. I'm fried. To to that end, uh, let me have you go ahead and plug your yes. social media feeds, plug the podcast, etc. Let us yes, know yes, where we can yes. find uh, the Psychic Dolphin Garage. <laughs> yes. So the address for the Psychic esteemed. Dolphin Garage, uh, it's uh, somewhere in Houston. No. Um, so my personal uh, Twitter account is at Schnedwob. That's S-C-H-N-E-D-W-O-B. Because I don't fucking expect anybody to know how to spell that otherwise. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, the show is Psychic Dolphin Garage. That's at Dolphin Garage, which that sounds how it's spelled. Um, we release every Tuesday morning. Yeah, if you're looking for just something good on your grueling commute to work uh, to listen to, so you don't want to just run your car into the uh, opposite lane of oncoming traffic, I mean, we might be the guys, hopefully, or we might encourage that. In which case, it's been nice knowing you. But uh, once again, Bo, thanks so much for joining me on Machinic Unconscious Happy Hour. This will be Cooper Cherry. And that very same Machine Gun Conscious Happy Hour podcast signing off for the week. Hell yeah. The very rules of eating, of negativity and singularity.
What I did is the following. With nothing left but recycled, whitewashed, lobotomized people, as in block work orange. <laughs> 